Our good friend Tim Neverett, Fox Sports. Tonight on the call, FS1 UCLA, the number four ranked UCLA Bruins against the Utah Utes. They're in Salt Lake City. Tim will be on the call with that. Look forward to that. Let's talk some college hoops and a whole lot more with my man Tim Neverett. Timmy, what's going on, brother? Not too much, Doctor. Uh, yeah, I, I hope they all go see you at the Westgate. That's that's one of my favorite spots, too. It's my home away from home in Vegas. Look at that. See, I remember you saying that uh, about the Cosmopolitan. We were over there as well, too. So you're just like me, man. I like you that know? place. I know. I like that place, too. But I, I, I probably have stayed at the Westgate. I can't tell you how many times. Yeah, no, Westgate's always, great. It's great over there. We talk yeah. about it all the time. And uh, great food options, Tim, as well, as you know. I mean, great steakhouse over there. Uh, the Edge is fantastic. The Italian place. Yeah. Uh uh, Fresco Italiano, check all that stuff out, and uh, and it, as we know, I mean, great concerts uh, as well too. So yeah, we're we're yeah. We're, we're big fans. I just ate at the at Fresco um, when I was there to do UNLV in Fresno State. Is that the right? Night before the game, yeah. I had dinner at Fresco. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite chicken parm. Uh, uh, over there. That's funny because I I just posted that picture a while back too of the chicken parm there. And uh, the first time I went, I dove into the veal chop. I don't know if you've seen that veal chop. That's a monster. You need two plates for the it's veal a chop. Monster. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but Steakhouse, I think the Edge might be one of the best-kept secrets in Vegas for, mm-hmm. from the locals because they, they should know that it's there, and it's uh, it's really, really something. It's really good. Well, uh, I'm glad you brought up um, the U- UNLV Fresno State game because I was going to actually talk to you about that because that was the last time I actually saw you a few weeks back here at the Thomas and Mack Center, and, and that was a game where uh, Fresno State – uh, defeated UNLV. Uh, that kind of almost like kind of started the downslide a little bit uh, for the Rebels. And uh, you called that game. I'm I'm real curious. What are you thinking about the Rebels and where they're at right now as they get ready to head into the Mountain West Conference tournament? Well, I saw I've seen a few of their games. I've been to a few of them in person, just in the stands too. And I think that they should be further along than they are. I know you got to give Kevin a little bit you got to give him more time. I know people are getting on him, but the thing about it is, is that uh, I think, I think you got to see where they are in like two or three more years. Um, because you're in a city, of course, that they took over in the nineties, right? The seventies, eighties and nineties. It was all about the run rebels. And when I go to games now and I look around and I see nobody sitting in the upper deck, I get, I get sad because yeah. that's not the, the young fans going in there right now. They have no idea what it was like in there. It was like when Tark was coaching, it was crazy in there. Even when, uh, you know, Coach Massimino took over, it was still packed. Every running Rebel basketball, you know, means something to the locals and it should mean something. And I, I root for them. I hope they do well. I, I really root for Kevin. I think he's the right guy. I just, I just hope they can get some, uh, some other players, whether it's through transfers or, you know, the, the transfer portal or they can get some, some good freshmen to commit to go there because, uh, you know, the thing is, you're in the, the most burgeoning sports market in the country in Las Vegas now. Um, and they should have a top 25 basketball team, I think. And I think that UNLV has the potential to do that. I think they have the potential to win the Mountain West at some point in time. But it, again, as a, as a wise old coach told me one time, it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. <laughs> and it's about, you know, who's in uniform. And, and, you know, I mean, EJ Harkless is a really good player. They've got some good players, but, you know, some, some teams around the conference have better players. And, and one thing I've seen is that they just haven't had a lot of success finishing out games. 
I know that Fresno State game was one that they could have won, um, and and it just didn't happen for them. Um, you know, th- things get away from them late, and they've got to be able to close out games. And that's I think been a big difference for them once they get into conference play. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there is some talent on this roster. You mentioned Harkless, uh, Keyshawn Gilbert. But again, they're not finishing out games. They don't have a whole lot of size. The three-point shooting is is hot and cold. It's it's not consistent at all. But yeah, and you know, as you know, Tim, I mean, you've seen programs that can have been able to turn things around since the institution really of the transfer portal, and it's there for you, yeah. NLV. And I think Kevin's done a pretty good job with the portal. But again, it's only year number two, and uh, we just hope that the we do not see any more of the revolving door coaches that we've seen for the better part of the last decade here right. at UNLV. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you know what? And I'll, I'll I'll say it because I I I was around. You know, I, I know these guys personally. They never should have fired David Rice. Thank you. Never, thank you. Never, ever should have fired Dave Rice. One of the biggest mistakes UNLV ever made, firing Dave Rice. That was in, that was I, I, when I saw it happened. I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? And they never should have fired him. Things would be, I, I think, things would be different if they had just let him do his thing. Um, they really, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how that all went down internally because there's always a story we don't know. Mm-hmm. But Dave Rice, Dave Rice is, uh, he, he should have been the coach there for, for a long period of time. But, you know, on the other side, uh, you know, with the, with the NIL stuff now in college basketball, um, you know, there's a lot of teams in the Mountain West that are choosing not to do it. There's a lot of teams in the Pac 12 that are choosing not to do it. There's a lot of teams around the country that are just choosing not to do it. And if you're UNLV in the city that you're in, why would you, and I'm not saying they're not trying to do it. I'm sure they, they want to, but you know, they need to get some people back that have been supporting the program in the past. And I, I think that they need to get the NIL stuff back involved with, um, not back involved, but involved heavily with some of these athletes. Cause it's going to help you in recruiting. Just, uh, just, uh, visiting with, uh, the UCLA people just an hour ago. And, um, you know, Jaime Jaquez, their best player, he's got all kinds of NIL opportunities in LA. He's, he's doing well. <laughs> you know, there are, there are college athletes that are doing pretty well. And the thing about it is that UNLV TC is that they've got some of the greatest facilities in college basketball. The, the home arena is a big home field, home court advantage, I should say. Uh, the practice facilities are great. The Mendenhall Center is beautiful, right? They, they, they've got all the things that you need to recruit. Now they need to come up and play with the rules that all the big boys are playing with. And that's name, image, and likeness. And if they can do that in Las Vegas, they can rebuild back to being a top 25 program for an NCAA tournament team. That's what they need in Vegas. Get there. I really do. I'm, I'm believe me, I'm a big Kevin Kruger fan. I'm rooting for Kevin. I, I called his games when he was a player and you know, he's been, uh, you know, observing as an assistant coach and now he's getting his shot as a head coach. I, I think he's going to do pretty well. I just think that they've got to, um, you know, make some tweaks in that roster, and I think they could be pretty good. I agree with everything you're saying. You and I are on the same page with a lot of this, uh, Tim. And I think from the UNLV perspective, and for a lot of these colleges that, like you said, that are not really partaking as they should in the NIL situation, I just believe that they just don't know how to do it. It's still so new. And then there are still some people that are like, well, we're, you know, this is still kind of taboo to us. Well, others are really getting it done. You mentioned Jaime Haquez at, at UCLA. How about Oscar Shibway at Kentucky? The money that he's yeah. making, he, 
is going to make more money this year at Kentucky than he probably will his rookie year in the NBA. And that was the reason why he he stayed at Kentucky this year. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. But I just yeah, think why well, take a yeah, pay cut? Right? It, it's <laughs> it, it's it ludicrous to say that, but it's true. You know, with yeah. with some of these situations, and there's some SEC schools, and you know that, and maybe a couple Pac 12s You're in LA, right there, UCLA, with a rabid fan base, booster money galore, as you well know. But there's no reason that that UNLV can't be thought of that like that as well, too. You're right. I mean, no, I just don't it, think they have the right people that are pulling the trigger of knowing how to go about getting it done. That's the only thing I can think well, of. It's not an easy thing, first and foremost. It's, from what I understand, it's not an easy thing to put together. There have been some schools that have put together, uh, you know, like departments and whatnot to just try to, you know, reach out to companies externally and reach out to business owners and wealthy boosters and, uh, you know, looking for, looking for opportunities, you know, for endorsements for, for these student athletes. Um, it's, it's not, it, you can't just snap your fingers and do it. That I understand. And, and it's going to take some time, but UNLV basketball has the brand. They do. They, they have the brand and they're, they're a former national champion. Yeah, I and mean, every year we get a year away from, from those great seasons in the early nineties. But, um, you know, it's not to say you can't get back there. I mean, you know, I, I was just uh, up in the Utah basketball offices and, and talking to them about when they lost in the national championship game to Kentucky back in uh, the late 90s. And, and again, we're talking about the University of Utah. They used to be in the same league with the Rebels, and, and they have, you know, they've turned it around in, in a year and a half, right? Right. Uh, when Craig Smith came over from Utah State, he's turned it around in a year and a half. I mean, they're, they're competitive. Now, tonight they're going to be without one of their best players, but still they're competitive in, in the Pac-12. And, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen with Pac-12 realignment when USC and UCLA go to the Big Ten for the money grab. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen then. Um, you know, who's going to be in there? San Diego State seems like they're going to be a lock, but I'm not really sure on the SMU pick. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're going to have some more realignment in college basketball. I mean, college athletics coming up soon. Uh, so, you know, there, there's going to be opportunities in college athletics. But, I, you know, you and me look at Vegas the same way. You know, you know me having lived there as long as I did and, and, you know, my kids all live and work there. I'm back there a lot. I just look at Vegas as a place where you should have a top 25 basketball team. And I think they have all the elements there, except, you know, they're just going to have to get better on the court. Yeah, no doubt about it. Tim Nevert uh, joins us. Uh, Fox Sports 1 tonight on the call with UCLA and uh, Utah. Uh, you know, Tim, we had this discussion the last couple of days about, and this seems like kind of a, a weird topic of discussion here, but you know, you look at the Pac-12, and it's really kind of t- top-heavy this year. The Mountain West, you got San Diego State, uh, Boise State right there. But then, you know, it's kind of a up for grabs, and you get teams like basically three through nine that, uh, you know, could go on a little run here. Who do you think gets more teams in the NCAA tournament, the Pac-12 or the Mountain West? And like I said, it seems kind of a weird question, but it might be a valid question. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, the thing is, when you look at the net ratings, the Mountain West's conference net rating is higher than the Pac-12s. The Mountain West has a higher net rating than any other conference west of the Mississippi. It's higher than the WCC, including Gonzaga. It's higher than the Pac-12. Um, so the, the Mountain West is legit. And I think the um, 
you know, I, I, I would hate to see anybody refer to them as a mid-major anymore because they're really not when it comes to basketball. Right. I mean, they, they play with the majors and they can play with the majors, especially the top teams. But I think that at one point I was thinking of five, maybe four if they're lucky now, because New Mexico has really played their way out of it, in my opinion. Um, you know, they lose last night to Boise State. Boise State's a lock. San Diego State's a lock. Uh, you know, Nevada's had a really good year. Steve Alford and uh, Craig Neal have done a really good job up there. Um, you know, in Utah State, they're they're hanging around. Who am I missing? Anybody? Um, um, no, I mean those are those are the the, the top heavy ones. You know, yeah, right there. Yeah. They, you know, that's yeah. I'll tell you what. Hey, you, you want to talk about a team that could surprise in the tournament? The uh, Mountain West tournament. Who you got? Watch out! Watch out for Air Force. Yeah, okay. yeah, they've slid back a little bit, you know, the the, la- the last couple of weeks, but they're a dangerous team. And again, new coaching wanna... staff, new philosophy there, you know. Yeah. Well, no, I mean it's it's the same same stuff. I mean, it's Joe Scott; he's been there, and they're still running that that modified Princeton right. offense. Right. But they're a young team. I just did their game against Wyoming last weekend. They're a young team. They really have it figured out right now how to run that offense. And, and they just went out there and clobbered Wyoming. Now, Wyoming's having a down year, but they can still compete, right? They're, they're, they're still pretty good. I mean, the base, the base part of it. They haven't had the wins and losses. But uh, they've had, you know, the best players out. They've had three guys leave the team, all kinds of, you know, disruptions. But Air Force uh, is playing pretty good basketball right now, and they're playing very fundamental basketball right now. And you, you watch them come out and warm up, you're going to go, who are these high school kids? Yeah, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> When they get when they get out there, man, they can shoot and they can run the floor. They defend. They they run that offense uh, like in a precision manner. It's really entertaining to watch. Well, the two most surprising teams in the Mountain West are Air Force and San Jose State. I mean, these were the yeah. bottom dwellers year in and year out. And both of these schools, I mean, San Jose State swept UNLV this year, and well, San, they're playing yeah. great. I mean, and Tim San, Miles is doing again. You know, when you come from you know a, a Big Twelve, you come from a Power Five conference, so to speak, and then you know you come over here. I mean, he's he's brought some players with him. They're getting some immediate returns. Well, he knows the Mountain West from his time, you know, when he turned around the Colorado State program. Right. That that set him up for the Nebraska job. And, you know, frankly, Nebraska, they got impatient with him because he didn't, he didn't win the title. Um, but he still had some good teams, and he had some quality wins and tournament appearances and everything else. I think they got rid of him too early. But, um, you know, you can see what he's done. He's in his second year at San Jose State. He's turned over the roster, and he's got guys playing hard. And I would say next year – they're going to be one of the teams to beat. They're, I mean, legitimately, they're going to be one of the teams to beat in the conferences. You know, you're not going to go, oh, we got to go play San Jose State. Yeah, that's a win. No, that, that used to be the case. They were the doormat of the league for a long time, but not anymore. He's really turned it around. And, um, you know, Tim Miles, if you know, if you know him, he's a really good dude. He's a great guy, and I'm happy for him. I'm really happy that, you know, he's gone there and had some real quick success. Mm-hmm. Tonight, uh, it's UCLA at Utah. We mentioned UCLA. They're a f- number four team in the country. They've won six in a row. Bruins are a strong team. We, and like you said, Utah, they're good at home. They're going to miss their top player tonight. But any chance we get maybe a, a storm the court moment tonight uh, in Salt Lake, Tim? Uh, I, you know, they play well at home. They're 12-3 and three at home, Utah is. But they're going to be without Raleigh Wooster, their their guard, who's really good. He's kind of the engine that makes it go. He got hurt 
uh, got an ankle issue. He's so he's not going to play tonight. Um, they're still without Gabe Madsen, who's also had a leg injury, but he's getting closer to coming back. But you know, their their best player is Brandon Carlson, the seventh footer. The guy's got more three pointers of anybody who plays center in Division One college basketball. <laughs> uh, but he also blocks shots. He's a he's a rebounding machine. He gets a ton of points on putbacks. I mean, he's just a vicious player to try to play against and he's going to be the key in this one he didn't play against ucla the last time because he got sick right before the game he was throwing up and all kinds of stuff and he couldn't play so they go to la and ucla beats him so now he gets to play against ucla ucla is playing for seeding right now uh they still haven't won the regular season title but if they win their next two games they'll clinch at least a share um and so they play Utah here. Then they go to uh, Colorado State. I'm sorry, Colorado on the weekend. And then uh, they play Arizona State and Arizona, both at home. How about the schedule maker getting this one right in the Pac-12, huh? They finish at home against Arizona. Right. That game's already sold out, I was told today. And, uh, I mean, how about that for a – you know, even if um, even if UCLA wraps up the regular season title before then, which is quite possible – they're playing for a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. If they win the next four games, I think they're a guaranteed number one seed. Well, UCLA does well too, and the typical Mick Cronin teams is they play defense as well. I mean, they're 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 yeah. top notch defense team. And again, you, know, you mentioned a couple of the names that they have, Hakez and, and those guys back as well too. I mean, I think that you know there are a lot of people on the East Coast or even the Midwest, they're saying, UCLA's number four in the country? Wow, you know, but this team is, I mean, they're loaded, man. They really are loaded. And I love the Arizona team. I love Arizona. I like their depth. I like they've got inside-outside play. Uh, But, you know, I think UCLA and Arizona both can do some damage in the tournament. Yeah, it's. uh, I think both of them are going to do real well. Um, But UCLA... TC, they've won 20 of their last 22 games. I know, right? Right? Hey, I mean, 23 and 4. Their, yeah. yeah, you look at their schedule and you see a lot of W's next to the scores. I mean, it, they, um, they're they really good. Their, their point guard, Tiger Campbell, is, you know, if, if he isn't the best point guard in the Pac 12, he's, he's among them. Um, you, you know, a veteran player really knows what he's doing out there. UCLA is really good. They're. They're all pretty well, you know, I, I talked to Mick Cronin a little while ago. He said they're, they're pretty well healthy. Um, they might uh, limit, uh, you know, Kenneth Nuba's uh, minutes tonight. He's had a little little hip problem, but he said he felt good today, and he looked good in practice. He looked, looked like he was normal. So, um, But they, uh, they're really good, and I've, I've seen them a few times this year. I think UCLA is is a is a special kind of team. They've got the type of team that could be a Final Four team, and I think part of the reason the East Coasters don't see it is because our games are late. Like tonight, it starts at nine o'clock here in Salt Lake City, so yeah. it's eleven o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock where you are, and um, you know, so it's it's really the East Coast basketball junkies will stay up and watch, but it's not in prime time in the East Coast. It is out west. You know where you are. Where you're going to have it in prime time, but uh, uh, you know the East Coast people—they just don't see what what we see out here. Right. Uh, final thing here on the college hoops, uh, Tim. You've seen a lot of teams this year. Give me that team that you think uh, could be a sleeper come tournament time. Uh, I'm not going to say Air Force, so I'm not going to go there again. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, a sleeper. 
Uh, I'm hoping that it could be San Diego State. I hope they can get through, you know, maybe to the Sweet 16. Uh, they play a really physical style. I, I think that it would be good for the Mountain West if they had a team get deep instead of yep. continuing to lose in the first round. I mean, we see that more often than not. Um, I like San Diego State uh, to, to do something. I, I think if they can get to the Sweet 16, I think that would be a pretty good accomplishment for that team. Mm-hmm. All right, Tim Never also, of course, uh, one of the, as I like to say, the many voices of the Los Angeles Dodgers on the radio or the TV side uh, there. Spring training, uh, in effect, as we know, the Dodgers got a lot of new faces. Noah Syndergaard, J.D. Martinez, David Peralta comes over this year. Uh, yep. give, give me a take about the about the the new blood that the Dodgers got here. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to be at camp tomorrow uh, tomorrow late morning, I'll be uh, pulling into spring camp um, and our first games in like less than 48 hours. Right. <laughs> uh, Saturday afternoon, our first game against the Milwaukee Brewers. So, um, so uh, like I said, I'll get over there tomorrow. But I'm interested to see what Syndergaard can do because uh, right now the reports I'm getting is that his velocity is up. Um, and he, want, he chose the Dodgers because he looked at it as a team that fixes pitchers. You know, look at, you know, Tyler Anderson, who's a Spring Valley kid from Vegas, right? Yep. He uh, he came to the Dodgers last year. He got fixed, and the Angels paid him a lot of money for two years. So, uh, you know, he's just one of a number of examples of pitchers that have come into the Dodgers system and, and uh, have had a rebound. So he's hoping for that. Um, you know, David Peralta, we'll see where, where he fits in. I know he's given the Dodgers fits. Uh, as a member of the Diamondbacks, he's always seemed to have, he always seems to do something against the Dodgers when we play the Diamondbacks. Uh, so it was kind of that way with AJ Pollock. So we went out and got AJ Pollock. So that stopped. So maybe that'll stop now with the Diamondbacks. Right, right. <laughs> um, we, we'll, they'll have a new pest. We don't know who that's going to be, but Peralta was a pest, but he's also a veteran player. And I think, you know, having a left handed bat like that is important for the outfield because, you know, you got Mookie Betts, a right handed bat. You've got, um, uh, Trace Thompson, who's a right-handed bat. Chris Taylor is going to play in the outfield. He's a right-handed bat. So getting a little, you know, right-handed heavy in the outfield. Uh, so having the left-handed bat, it means that he's going to be in the lineup, um, you know, a little bit more often. JD Martinez, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to play in the field. I, I doubt it. <laughs> right, right, right. His, his position is batter's box. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going to, he's going to be the DH all the time. And I think his outfield days are done. Um, you know, in an emergency, he can get out there, but, um, you know, Miguel Vargas too can play the outfield. Uh, but they're trying to, you know, see what he can do at second base. He's a good young player, uh, from Cuba. He turned down team Cuba in the WBC because he really feels like this could be a full major league season for him. You know, career wise, I think he made a smart move because he, he's going to be able to, you know, get ready for the regular season with the Dodgers and, and not somewhere else. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in a full season. I saw him in glimpses last year when he came up and really liked what I saw. Um, you know, his first hit was a, was a double in the, in the gap in, uh, in San Francisco. And I said, okay, I like that. I like, I like a gap hitter. You gotta love doubles in the gap. Um, and, and he hits those. So looking forward to seeing him. And uh, and then we'll see another outfielder who's a left-handed bat by the name of James Outman, who came up last year and in his first at bat in the big leagues hit a home run. So he announced his presence with authority. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not a bad player. He might start in AAA. We'll see. Who knows? But 
Uh, we've got some good young players, and I think the Dodgers will be good. It's kind of, you know, it's obviously tightened up in the division with what the Padres have done. They're going to be a much better team. You know, they feel that they're going to win the World Series this year, which every team should feel. Yep. You know, and, and you know, I know that their owner has been criticized for going out and spending all kinds of money, but you know what? The guy said he's trying to win. What's wrong with that? I mean, everyone, I mean, the Dodgers try it. They spend money because they're trying to win every year. Every fan wants that, right? I've always said that. I mean, every fan wants, you know, one to, you know, going back in the day, you know, hey, you, you want to, you want an owner like Steinbrenner, okay? Owner like the Dodgers, the Padres have right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You want to do, you want to do that. And, you know, um, if I'm, I might have this right. I think I have this right, but Peter Seidler, the owner of the Padres, is Peter O'Malley's son-in-law. Hmm. So the O'Malley's from the Dodgers. Okay. And and and, they, and so he kind of gets a, a little bit of this I, I got to win stuff from the O'Malley family <laughs> instead of the Padres being the uh, the little brother in San Diego. I I I'm excited with what they've done. I, I mean, competitive games are way better than, you know, beating them up you know, you know, twelve times out of nineteen, or fifteen times out of nineteen, like you know, we you, saw last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd rather have competitive games, and I, you know, I look at it like with the Colorado Rockies in the National League West. They got they got the stadium, they got the city, they got the player development uh, uh, area in, in Arizona. They got they got the TV footprint. They got a huge radio uh, deal. They, they got everything in place except for the players. Yeah, <laughs> and player right. development. Right. I mean, the, the Colorado Rockies should be competitive every year, but they don't spend the money on players. They spend it on developing real estate around the ballpark and making money that way. And they're still eighth in attendance, even though they come in last place every year. I'll give you an idea of how baseball fans are up there. What happens when they win? Well, we saw that in 2007 when they went to the World Series. The place went bananas. Absolute banana. I was living there then. Mm-hmm. and uh, crazy, and I, I want them to get better. But uh, at the end of the day, I want the Dodgers to win the division. <laughs> of course. More playoff checks. There you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, final thing here for you. It seems like the last couple of years, the big question mark is Clayton Kershaw. All right, what are we going to see from Clayton Kershaw? He came back. He's going to be a Dodger again, hopefully finish mm-hmm. his career as a Dodger. Give me your prediction right now, Tim. What are we going to see from Kershaw? Pencil out the numbers, the season that we're going to see for him. Well, you know, he's getting older, and he's been spending, uh, I think, an average of two times on the injured list each year. That's You know, he's had a little back issue here, back issue there, a little arm issue here and there. That happens. I mean, think about what you do with your body for a living. You're going to get hurt. So hopefully he can stay healthy. The fact that he's not going to the WBC, I know he's disappointed in that. It was over an insurance snafu. Um, but what the Dodgers have done, because he, he was getting ramped up quicker because he was going to pitch in real games for in the WBC. But now that he's not, what the Dodgers have done is they've, they've had him hit the brakes. They've slowed him down a little bit. Um, so they're going to try to keep things a little bit uh, I don't know. Easier is not the right word, but um, they're going to slow play him to a point where it's easier for his body, so he's ready for opening day. He's missed an opening day start in recent years because of a, a back spasm that cropped up the day before. Uh, but they they need him, and they also know that they need him from time to time to get a rest to skip a start. And if you look at what happens with the Dodgers staff, it seems like every year 
every pitcher goes on the uh, the injured list at least once at some point in time to to skip a start to stay fresh, and, and that does help in September. Uh, but what I'm hoping for is that Kershaw has a healthy season because if he does, you know, his fastball plays off the slider, slider, you know, his curveballs, you know, when he was younger was always the big pitch, but a slider really is his out pitch now. He's really got a really good one. Mm-hmm. But I just want to see him healthy at the end of the season, put up some good numbers, and then have a very productive postseason. I think that's what everybody wants. They want to see him have success in the postseason like he had in 2020. You got it. All right. He is Tim Neverett. He'll be on the call tonight. Uh, turn on FS1, UCLA, and Utah. Then he's, uh, you know, off, uh, for spring training, uh, with the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, again, we talk about basketball here in Vegas, the Pac 12 tournament, the Mountain West Conference, the WCC, and the Big West. We look forward to being out there again. Uh, Tim, I know you're a big part of, uh, putting that together from our broadcast standpoint. The Dollar Loan Center in Henderson is the first event out there last year. Looking forward to being back there again this year, my friend. But, uh, it sounds like you're going to be a little bit busy. I'm going to, I'm going to miss you. Yeah. I got, uh, 30 Dodger games in 32 days. So <laughs> pace yourself, my friend. Stay hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the hydration is a big deal. That's what, yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal. But yeah, they, I mean, you can just see from all the tournaments that are there, the Olympic team trains there. They, I mean, baseball, I mean, uh, Vegas is a basketball Mecca around the country. Yeah. And, uh, back to our original topic. I, I really root for you and LV. I hope they can get it going again. You got it. All right, brother. Enjoy the call tonight. We'll be watching and, uh, look forward to talking with you and seeing you soon. Sounds good, TC. See you later, man. You got it, buddy. Tim Neverett on the call tonight. Fox Sports 1, UCLA, and Utah. Again, uh, a longtime Las Vegas, uh, just like myself. Go way back in the day. Always love having him on.